Welcome to the Myth, Legend and Lore podcast. The Coming of Lur. Nuada of the Silver Hand was holding a great feast at Team Hare after he was back in the kingship. There were two doorkeepers at Team Hare, Gamal son of Fidgel and Camel son of Rigel. And the young man came to the door where one of them was and bade him bring him in to the king. And who are you? said the doorkeeper. I am Lu, son of Cian of the Tuatha Dedanan and of Ethelin, daughter of Baelor, king of the Fomor, said. And I am the foster son of Teilta, daughter of the king of the Great Plain, and Echid the Rough, son of Duk. And what are you skilled in? said the doorkeeper. For no one without an art comes into Team Hare. And so Lou began to list the skills with which he had. I am a carpenter. I am a smith. I am a champion. I am a harper. I am a poet. I am a magician, a physician, and if you let me, I'll be a cupbearer. And I am a good worker with brass. Go and ask the king if he has any one man that can do all these things, and if he has, I will not ask to come in to the team here. The doorkeeper went into the king's house and told him, There is a young man at the door, he said, and his name should be master of all the arts. For all the things people of your house can do, he himself is able to do every one of them. Then try him with the chessboards, said Noada. And so the chessboards were brought out, and every game that was played, Lou won. And when Noada was told that, he said, Let him in, for the like of him never came into Team Hare before. The doorkeeper let Lou pass, and he came into the king's house and sat down in the seat of knowledge and there was a great flagstone there that could hardly be moved by four times twenty yoke of oxen. And Ogma took it up and hurled it out through the house so that it lay outside of Tim Hare as a challenge to Lou. But Lou hurled it back again, that it lay in the middle of the king's house. Then he played the harp for them. And when Noada saw all the things Lou could do, he began to think that by his help the country might get free of the taxes and tyranny Put on it by the Fomor. And is what he did. He came down from his throne. He put Lou on it in his place for the length of thirteen days. This way they might all listen to the advice that he would give. Now this is the story of the birth of Lou. The time the Fomor used to be coming to Ireland, Baylor of the Strong Blows, or as some called him, of the Evil Eye, was living on the island of the Tower of Glass. There was danger for ships that went near that island, for Fomor would come out and take them. And some say, the sons of Nemed, in the old time, before the fuel bogs were in Ireland, passed near it in their ships, and it was what they saw was a tower of glass in the middle of the sea, and on the tower something that had the appearance of men, 
and went against it with druid spells to attack it. The Fomor worked against them with druid spells of their own, and the sons of Nimid attacked the tower. It vanished, and they thought it was destroyed. But a great wave rose over them then, all their ships went down, and all that were in them. The tower was there as it was before, and Baylor living in it. It is the reason he was called of the evil eye. There was a power of death in one of his eyes, so that no person could look at it and live. And the way it got power? He was passing one time by a house where his father's druids were making spells of death. The window being open he looked in, and the smoke of the poisonous spells was rising up and went into his eye. From that time, he had to keep it closed unless he wanted to be the death of some enemy, and then the men that were with him would lift the eyelid with a ring of ivory. Now a druid foretold one time that it was by his own grandson he would get his death. Baylor had at that time but one child, a daughter whose name was Ethlin, and when he heard what the druid had said, he shut her up in the tower on the island, put twelve women with her to take charge of her and to guard her, and he bade them never to let her see or hear the name of a man. So Ethelyn was brought up in the tower, and she grew to be very beautiful. Sometimes she would see men passing in Karaks, and sometimes she would see a man in her dreams. But when she would speak of that to the women, they would give her no answer. There was no fear on Baylor, and he went on with war and robbery as he was used to, seizing every ship that passed by, and sometimes going over to Ireland to do destruction there. Now it chanced at a time. There were three brothers of the Tuatha living together in a place that was called Drum Matain, the Ridge of Fire. Gyovnu, Southain, and Cian. Cian was lord of the land, and Gyovnu was the smith. Now Cian had a wonderful cow, the glass Gavelin, and her milk never failed. And every one that heard of her coveted her, and many tried to steal her away, so that she had to be watched by night and day. One time, Keen was wanting some swords made, and he went to Giovnu's forge, and he brought Glasgavelin with him, holding her by the halter. When he came to the forge, his two brothers were there together, for Southain had brought some steel to have weapons made for himself. And Keen bade Southain to hold the halter, while he went into the forge to speak with Giovnu. Now Baylor had set his mind for a long time on the Glasgavelin, but he had never been able to get near to her until this time. He was watching not far off, when he saw Southain holding the cow. He put on the appearance of a little boy, having red hair, and came up to him and told him he heard these two brothers that were in the forge, saying to one another that they would use all the steel for their own swords and make his of iron. By my word, said Southain, they will not deceive me so easily. You hold the cow, and I will go into them. With that, he rushed into the forge in a great anger on him. No sooner did Baylor get the halter in his hand that he set out, dragging the glace along with him, to the strand and across the sea to his own island. When Cian saw his brother coming in, he rushed out, and there he saw Baylor and the glass out in the sea. He had nothing to do then but to reproach his brother and to wander about as if his wits had left him, not knowing what way in which he could get his cow back from Baylor. At last, he went to a druid to ask advice from him, and it was what the druid told him. 
that so long as Baylor lived, the cow would never be brought back, for no one would go within reach of his evil eye. Kiam went to a woman druid, Berog of the mountain, for her help. She dressed him in women's clothes and brought him across the sea in a blast of wind to the tower where Ethlin was. Then she called to the women in the tower and asked them for shelter for a high queen she was saving from some hardship, and the women in the tower did not like to refuse a woman of the Tawatha Dudanan, so they let her and her comrade in. Then Birog, by her enchantments, put them all into a deep sleep, and Keen went to speak with Ethlin, and when she saw him she said that it was his face she had seen in her dreams. So she gave him her love, but after a while he was brought away again, on a blast of wind. When her time came, Ethelin gave birth to a son. When Baylor knew that, he bade his people to put the child in a cloth, fasten it with a pen and throw him into a current of the sea. As they were carrying the child across an arm of the sea, the pen dropped out, but the child slipped from the cloth into the water, and they thought he was drowned but he was brought away by Birog of the mountain, and she brought him to his father, Cian, who gave him to be fostered by Teilta, daughter of the king of the Great Plain. It is thus Lu was born and reared. Some say, Baylor came and struck the head of Cian on a white stone, that the blood of the marks on it last to this day, but it is likely it was some other man that he struck the head of, for it was by the sons of Turin that Cian came to his death. After Lu came to Team Hare and made his mind up to join with his father's people against the Fomor, he put his mind to work, and he went to a quiet place in Grelich Dolid, with Noada and the Dagda, and with Ogma and Giovnu and the Ankecht. A full year they stopped there, making their plans in secret together, the way the Fomor would not know they were going to rise against them till such a time that they were all ready, and they would know what their strength was. It is from that council the place got the name afterwards of the Whisper of the Men of Day. And they broke up the council and agreed to meet again three years later, and every one of them went on his own way, and Lou went back to his own friends and the sons of Manon. It was a good while after that Noada was holding a great assembly of the people on the hill on the west side of Team Hare. They were not long there before they saw an armed troop coming towards them from the east, over the plain, and there was a young man in the front of the troop, in command over the rest, and the brightness of his face was like the setting sun, so that they were not able to look at him because of its brightness. And when they came nearer, they knew it was Lou Lamfada, of the long hand, that he had come back to them, and with him were the riders of the she from the land of promise and with Lu were his own foster brothers, the sons of Manon. It was the way Lu was. He had Manon's horse, the onbar of the one mane, under him, that was as swift as the naked cold wind of spring, and the sea was the same as dry land to her, and the rider was never killed off her back. And he had Manon's breastplate on him, that kept whoever was wearing it from wounds, and a helmet on his head with two beautiful precious stones, set in the front of it and one at the back, and when he took it off, his forehead was like the sun on a dry summer day. And he had the man in sword, the answerer, at his side. No one that was wounded by it would ever get away alive. And when that sword was bared in battle, no man that saw it coming against him had any strength whatsoever. 
The troop came to where the King of Ireland was with the Tuatha, and they welcomed one another. They were not long there till they saw a surly, slovenly troop coming towards them, nine times nine of the messengers of the Fulmore, that were coming to ask rent and taxis from the men of Ireland. They came up then to where the King of Ireland was with the riders of the She, and the King and all the Tuatha de Danann stood before them, and Lou of the Long Hand said, Why do you rise up before that surly, slovenly troop? when you did not rise up to us. It is needful for us to do it, said the king, for if there was but a child of us sitting before them, they would not think that too small a cause for killing him. By my word, said Lou, there is a great desire coming on me to kill them. That would bring us harm, said the king, for we would each meet our own death and destruction through it. It is too long a time you've been under this oppression said Lou, and with that he started up and made an attack on the Fulmore, killing and wounding them, till he had made an end of the eight nines of them, but he let the last nine go under the protection of Nawada the king. And I would kill you along with the others, he said, but I would sooner see you go with your messages to your own country than my own people, for fear they might get any ill treatment. So the nine went back, till they then came to Lochlin, where the men of the Fulmore were, and they told them the story from beginning to end, how a young lad had come into Ireland and had killed all the tax-gatherers but themselves. And it is the reason he let us off, they said, that we might tell you the story ourselves. Do you know who the young man is? said Baylor of the Evil Eye. I know well, said Kathleen, his wife. He is the son of your daughter and mine, and it was foretold, she said that from the time he would come into Ireland, we would never have power there again forever. Then the chief men of the Fulmore went into council, and Baylor himself and his twelve white-mouthed sons, and Kethlin of the Crooked Teeth, his queen. And it was just at that time, Brez and his father, Elithan, were come to ask for help of the Fulmore. And Brez said, I myself will go to Ireland, and seven great battalions of the riders of the Fulmore along with me and I will give battle to this Idach, the master of arts, and I will strike his head off and bring it here to you. Let my ships be ready for me, said Briss, and let food and provisions be put in them. So they made no delay, but went and got the ships ready, and they put plenty of food and drink in them, and the two swift luths were sent out to gather the army to Briss, and when they were all gathered, they made ready their armour and their weapons, and they set out for Ireland. Baylor the king followed them to the harbour and said, Give battle to that Edanic and strike off his head. Tie that island that is called Ireland to the back of your ships and let the destroying water take its place and put it on the north side of Lochlan and not one of the men of day will follow it there to the end of life and time. Then they pushed out their ships and put up their painted sails, and went out from the harbour on the untilled country, on the ridges of the wide-lying sea, and they never turned from their course till they came to the harbour of Estara. And from that, they set out an army through the West Connet and destroyed it altogether, through and through. And the king of Connet at that time was Bulgderg, son of the Dagda. <laughs>